Hello, BTP listeners. Welcome back to yet another Let's Talk edition with the one and only Dan. How's it going, Dan? Hey there, guys. How are we doing? Hey there, Pujix. Glad to be here with you, my man. It's been a while, and I'm so glad to be here discussing a lot of great topics, hopefully, on uh, this Let's Talk edition. So just life is amazing. Business is booming. We are here, and I'm so, so freaking happy to be here. Love it. Love it. Love it. Now, today we're talking about something that we always wonder as individuals what to do. Well, some of us have uh, made up our mind, but some of us have not. Let's talk about should we play it safe or live life on edge? The question is live it safe or live it on edge. Now, what do you generally do and why in this regard? Well, let's be honest. When I was a bit younger, I think I would have always preferred to live life on edge because I just love the idea of just taking risk for the sake of taking risk. Sometimes they call it, you know, reckless, right? Uh, and uh, however, now I believe that uh, I believe that taking risk is actually very, very important so long as it actually yields some sort of benefits. So I'm not a fan of, you know, being reckless, doing crazy things. I don't know, driving too fast, extreme kind of sports, extreme violence. Because unfortunately, when I was a teenager, I kind of liked these things a little bit. I was unfortunately so much into fighting, especially physical fighting and a few other things, which now at this age, I feel like, like, you know, that was really stupid of me to, you know, somehow get into so many, so many fights. But uh, right now, I really believe that ultimately uh, we need to take risks to somehow uh, be able to advance our lives forwards. So uh, am I a fan of playing it safe? Never. I mean, that's never been me, never will be me, because playing it safe is just so dull, boring, uninspiring. And more importantly, it never leads to any major greatness or achievement in life. However, being reckless, as unfortunately I was during my teenage years, is also you know being on the extreme side here, and it's not going to be very good. So you want to find that sweet spot in the middle, the balance, where you are taking risks, but you're not being reckless or stupid because that way you will have the chance to actually live life, probably live a very full life and realize all of your ambitions. And the reason why I believe that we should live life on edge and do take risks is because simply you cannot achieve greatness in life if you're always in your comfort zone. More importantly, uh, one of my, you know, my, my mentors, uh, Mr. Grant Cardone, he says, it doesn't take money to make money. It takes courage to make money. And as an entrepreneur, and a business person, I believe that uh, basically courage and having the, you know, basically the guts to go for your dreams, to take uh, financial risks, to take career risks, uh, ultimately is the key to growing your business, which is why I'm a huge fan of, you know, living life on edge, of course, with consideration, with uh, thinking, not just, you know, recklessly, uh, but being willing and ready to take risks in order to advance and achieve, you know, greatness in life is a necessity and something that all high achievers basically have in common. Right, right, right. So now I have a question for you. It's slightly off topic, not totally. Sure. That is, uh, so you mentioned that when you were younger, you were taking more risks, sometimes like unnecessary stupid risks. Now that's, that's generally in, in, in the, in the life, uh, lifetime of a person, that's generally true of everybody. Like when you're younger, you make, um, well, first of all, why do you think that is? Is that because lack of experience or you're just more, you have more energy to do more or what do you think that is? And, um, and, uh, and, and also what made you change your mind on that about yourself? 
That's amazing. Well, actually, you're right. I think everybody, when they are younger, actually, they spend a lot more time uh, basically doing things that are perhaps risky or riskier. Now, not every teenager uh, basically uh, will be crazy enough to just get into fights all the time. Uh, however, everyone generally, when they compare them with their uh, adulthood, they tend to be a lot more free, I guess, in most areas of their lives, including when it comes to taking risks. And I think the reason is very simple. When you have nothing to lose, it's a lot easier to take risks. The problem, again, is fear and the ability to control that. Because when you're uh, you know, young, you have nothing to lose. And when you have nothing to lose, you have everything to gain, right? So in that situation, it's very easy, or at least easier, because not, of course, uh, everybody does that, but it's easier to take risks. It's easier to live life on edge because you have nothing to lose. It's very simple. The problem is, as adults, once we reach a certain level of uh, financial comfort or career success or whatever, like we get married, we have kids or whatever, at that point, we now have something to lose. And I think that's when fear kicks in. Oh, my gosh, I'm going to lose my job if I do this. Well, I have, I mean, I have right now a stable income in my current job. Yeah, I don't like the job, and I am actively disengaged, I don't know, half the time. But I, I got the money. Life is good. So the problem is this, unfortunately, is as adults, we at some point reach a certain level of material comfort or some sort of achievement, and then we get somehow uh, stagnant. We say, like, well... I kind of have what I have, so why risk losing it? And that is the reason why generally uh, when we are younger, we t tend to take a lot more risks and to be a lot basically more uh, basically uh, living life on edge, if you will, if you are younger than when you are basically older because uh, when you have nothing to lose, it's a lot easier. However, I believe that ultimately if you really want to make it in life and achieve greatness, then you got to maintain that level of basically – hunger for more and to be able to, you know, somehow control your fear. Uh, because if you look at the, you know, the top achievers, they live as if they're 16 all the time. Like they know that they want to get the next level and to do so they have to take, you know, more risks. And once you do that, of course, it becomes a lot easier to, um, you know, maintain that uh, youthful attitude towards life and being able to live a life on edge, like a, you know, 16 year old, that's definitely what is missing. And I believe that uh, ultimately, if you want to uh, maintain and uh, retain that basically attitude, you have to constantly expand your dream and never be satisfied. Because ultimately, the reason that that 16 year old can take more risks than let's say somebody who's now in his, uh, you know, early 30s, is because that 16 year old feels and knows he has nothing to lose. Now, if that 30 year old who thinks he's got some, let's say, I don't know, He's got a bunch, let's say he's, I don't know, he's got a couple million dollars, two, three, four, let's say, for example. And he's like, well, I got four million dollars. Well, well, is that really that a lot of money? I mean, with four million, what can you buy with four million dollars? Let's say you can, you know, buy, let's say, uh, a good house, maybe, maybe a luxury car, and that's it. So uh, once that, uh, you know, guy with, let's say, four million dollars hangs out with a guy who's worth 500, and he says, like, dude, I got nothing to lose, man. Look at this guy. He's got everything. I got nothing. And at that point, when you hang out with those whose, whose standards are much higher than yours, you say, dude, at $4 million, I got basically nothing to lose, and I basically have no money. So let's try again. And then you become like that 16-year-old who all also felt he has nothing to lose, and now you're willing to take risks. You're trying to you know, get into investments. You probably will sell your uh, – house and instead use that money to, uh, you know, buy properties. Again, Greg Cardone says never own your own property until you are a billionaire, because in reality, if you really are owning a property, there's no cash flow. So at that time, you say like, well, really, I should sell my own house and then rent and then uh, use my money in real estate to buy three houses and rent them out to create cash flow. 
Well, if your standards have been changed, if you see that guy like, oh, well, if I want to, you know, have a net worth exceeding $100 million, I have no choice. Let's do it. Now you're actually willing to take that risk because you feel like you have nothing to lose. So it's really about the mindset. For a 16-year-old, he really has nothing to lose, so he is uh, willing to take risks. For, let's say, a 32-year-old who has, I don't know, $4 million in net worth, now once he sees uh, somebody who's worth, I don't know, $500 million, he also feels that he has nothing to lose. And in that case, something clicks in his head and says, yes, it's time to take more risks. And ultimately, he can generate the same feeling that, as if he really had nothing to lose, and that will allow him to actually take more risks. Excellent. I think that when you mentioned this, I was thinking of this, that where we, we all have nothing to, to lose relatively. Relative to somebody, we don't have anything to lose. <laughs> and relative exactly. to somebody, we have everything to lose. So, well, that's, that's actually very interesting. Now, um, you mentioned uh, taking risk is a necessary element to, to achieving more. And I understand that. I think most people do. Now, for the sake of argument, after my question, please go ahead and explain why. But... My question is, now, you also mentioned that we have to find the balance, and I couldn't agree with you more. Now, my question is, how do we figure out where the balance is? How do we figure out if we're risking too much, if we're risking too little, or what? Or where is that balance, basically? How do you, how do you find it, and how, how would you advise others to do so? Very nice, very nice. Well, first of all, we all have that inner you know, emotional gauge that allows us to know whether or not we're taking enough risks. I think uh, one of the common signs of basically not taking enough risk is that feeling of boredom, complacency, and as if your life is not going where you want it to go, right? So your emotions are there for a reason. If you perpetually feel bored, if you really don't like your job, you're disengaged, if you feel like your life is not going anywhere, and above all, if you feel like you are developing the symptoms of a hater, that is... You're starting to become jealous of other people's success. You're trying to look at me like, mm, why does he have this and I don't have? The moment these negative symptoms uh, basically inflict your mind, that's when it's like, oh, whoa, whoa, stop. I'm, I'm becoming a hater, which means I'm becoming a loser, which means I am not growing fast enough. So at that moment, you simply have to stop looking at other people and have to start looking at yourself and your life and say, all right, listen, before things get any worse, I'm supposed to change that right here, right now. And the best solution for me, of course, is to now start doing something and raising the bars. Because unfortunately, we live in a world where a lot of us, we are bored so much of the time. I mean, uh, in certain countries, certain environments, people experience a lot of stress. If you're in Syria right now, you have a lot of stress because the bomb's coming and you don't even know if you're going to survive until you know, the next day. But in most countries around the world, people are generally inflicted with, you know, a lot of boredom because they're not uh, trying to, you know, they're doing the same thing over and over again. And they're not really passionate about their job or their work. So because of that, once you see these symptoms, you realize that, dude, I got to change something here. Otherwise, I'm going to have serious problems. And for that reason, if you feel like your life is boring, if you feel like you're not making much progress, if you feel like that you're beginning to philosophize and say things like, well, what is the meaning of life? And all those, these are all symptoms. These are all symptoms of depression. These are all symptoms of boredom, uh, perpetual and chronic boredom. And once you feel like your life is not going anywhere and you're not very happy, then the only solution is to actually take your life to the next level. In that case, as you mentioned earlier, you will have almost nothing to lose because you're not happy with the current situation. So uh, that's number one. Number two is about the overall achievement of life. You know, if you ask any high achiever, they will tell you that we are always expanding. We're always living in the comfort zone. We're always trying to you know, do something more, something new, because 
ultimately, success is a short-lasting thing. I actually talked about this one once uh, on social media. Uh, it's a short-lasting thing. It doesn't last forever. So if you want to remain successful, you have no choice but to constantly raise the bars, leave the comfort zone, take more risks, and try to expand your success. It's just the way it is. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. You actually try to expand your success, and boom, you lose the project, or you lose the money, or you lose the person. And whatever happens, you actually now are worse off. But then again, you're trying to get better. That's really what matters. So uh, that's why, you know, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine about the notion of the pursuit of happiness. Now, the U.S. Constitution gives all humans three inalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, take a look at the United States right now. Do you think that, uh, well, I'm sure that a lot of people have the right for, uh, let's say, life, except the ones that live in very tough neighborhoods where there's a lot of criminal activities and a lot of, you know, gun violence. Then we have uh, liberty which thanks to Trump, we're going to lose that as well very soon. And now the last one is the pursuit of happiness. Unfortunately, in a nation, in the richest nation on earth, there are still the majority of people who do not have these three inalienable rights, especially the last one, the pursuit of happiness. Because happiness is nothing more than a pursuit. What is a pursuit? Pursuit is the process of going after something. Gary Vee says, I'm in it not for the jets, but for the game, the game of entrepreneurship. So life really is nothing more than a pursuit. Whatever you want in life, whether it is to, I don't know, uh, become a multi, uh, basically millionaire, whether it's to become, I don't know, uh, well-known in a certain field, become an expert, I don't know, find the love of your life, try to, you know, build your own business, try to, I don't know, lose weight, uh, whatever it is that you want in life. It is a process, and this process is what makes life happy, not getting what you want. That's the problem with most people. Most one thing, if, if I just, I don't know, win $200 million in lottery, then I'll be the happiest person on earth. All the studies have proven that those who win such lotteries are broke and far worse off merely five years after that you know, event. So why is that? Because the internal, the world inside has not changed so much, right? So life isn't about the results. It isn't about what you get. It's about who you become and the process that you go through to get what you wanted to become who you want to become, right? And that is the reason why, unfortunately, a lot of us, we are not engaged in that pursuit of happiness. And we think that it's just, you know, about getting stuff and that's it. But ultimately, once you realize that life is about the process and that happiness is nothing more than the pursuit of something that you want, then you understand that that's the only way to be happy. And that's why you should leave your comfort zone. You should take more risks and you should try to uh, somehow up your game because that is the only way you can actually grow and expand and be truly happy. Excellent. But what are the symptoms of taking too much risks? Oh, well, that's the other extreme, of course. Now, I mentioned earlier that there's a fine line between being reckless and being a risk taker. You see, uh, when I was a teenager, I was reckless. Why? Because I, for example, liked violence for the sake of violence, for example, because uh, that was a way for me to just have fun. I don't, I don't know, maybe too much testosterone, perhaps. So I liked, you know, getting into fights for no reason. Now, nowadays, I still occasionally fight. Of course, not physically, because that's not basically my thing. But we might get into certain trade wars or, I don't know, some fights or some, uh, you know, problems with certain contracts. We, I might actually leave the contract, you know, uh, prematurely. There are certain types of fights. But... At this uh, basically uh, age, when I uh, go into fights, it's not because of I love fighting, but because this is the only way to achieve my goal, right? So the difference between being reckless and being a risk taker is that when you're reckless, you take risk 
for the sake of taking risk and the process. It's kind of like being an adrenaline junkie, right? Or you just enjoy the thrill. And this is purpose without any purpose. It's uh, completely useless and, of course, completely brainless because it has no real end. However, being you know, a risk taker is about achieving something that you desire. And in the process, you tolerate the risk. Again, you don't necessarily enjoy taking the risk. You're not an adrenaline junkie. Uh, I don't know, you're not a gambler. You just simply know that there's no other way. So the major difference between being reckless and being a risk taker is one thing. And that is, uh, are you basically taking this risk because you just are bored out of your mind and you want to try something for fun? Are you just trying to, you know, have a good evening and just, you know, have some, you know, uh, some some story to, uh, to tell in the future? Or are you taking this risk because you know that you have no other choice? And if you want to achieve your goal, you have to go through this process. That's the major difference. So uh, because of this, uh, reckless is somebody who just takes risks, whereas, uh, you know, uh, somebody who takes risks for the sake of success does so because he or she wants to achieve something and thus has to deal with that risky situation. And that's the major difference, of course. So one has a purpose, one is devoid of purpose. Um, is there a, a time in your life that you envision um, basically minimizing and limiting your risk-taking to a very little, uh, maybe perhaps when you're older, or do you think that's not going to? That's not going to be a good thing or well, it's not going to happen to you. Uh, thanks to, uh, that's a great question, Pujas. Thanks to my mentors, I've never had the, uh, the chance to even think about reducing the amount of risk because I understand this. Uh, my teachers have all taught me the importance of constant expansion, uh, always trying to raise the bar, always trying to 10x, always trying to you know uh, take massive action and go above and beyond what I currently have. So thanks to my mentorship, basically, and all the great teachers around me, Fortunately, I never had uh, to even worry about, you know, getting uh, stagnant or not raising the bars. Uh, however, I know this happens to a lot of people because, as I mentioned earlier, they start to have a little bit of success at some way. I don't know. They get something in life and boom, now they're happy. Now they're satisfied. And that's unfortunately, uh, you know, the reason why a lot of us, we never fail to achieve our true potentials because we get something and then we want to protect it for the rest of our lives. What the hell? Come on, seriously. Uh, and for that reason, fortunately for me, I didn't have this problem. And the reason is only one thing, only one thing. It's simply because of the wonderful teachers that are around me and the fact that I'm constantly immersed in their teachings, in their uh, motivational, basically, programs. Uh, I'm always refreshing my mind. So whether I'm flying or driving, uh, at any some point, there's going to be a lot of motivation I'm receiving from my mentors, from Tony Robbins, Brian Tracy, Gary Vee, and of course, Grant Cardone. So because of that, you cannot simply be constantly immersed in the teachings of such great individuals and somehow find it satisfactory just being in your current situation, right? So for that reason, fortunately, I didn't have this problem. And if uh, people want to somehow uh, not uh, you know, get stagnant, then you should do the exact same thing. They have to actually constantly immerse themselves in the teachings of high achievers who themselves are always taking risks, leaving you know, their comfort zones and trying to expand their life and their businesses. Excellent. And now on the other end of the spectrum, I mean, I know we have talked about this, uh, at least uh, sort of about this in different contexts, but if I'm on the other end, uh, somebody who's completely in my comfort zone and uh, taking no risks, and I I mean, could could be for very different philosophies. You, you, you said some of them, for example, my life is good. Why do I change anything? Some people might be like, what's even the point? Who cares? Or, or whatever the reason. You know, 
well, it, it's easy to say that I, I gotta, I gotta get out of it. Sometimes it's not easy to be convinced, and sometimes even if you're convinced, it's not easy to actually change anything. Especially if you're in a state of being stagnant, you're already not moving, and changing something is, or it, it, it is the state of moving something. So how, how do you how do you uh, advise somebody of that uh, caliber? Of course, of course, a great question. But before I answer that question, you yourself, Pujix, because uh, you're somebody that I actually know for a while. By for a while, I mean like a decade. Uh, so uh, what I want to know is you yourself, Pujix. I mean, you are definitely a great example of somebody who can, who can and is willing to take risks to leave the comfort zone and so many other factors. Uh, so uh, you yourself, Pujix, what do you do to get yourself to take risks, to come up with you know cool ideas? I mean, uh, this whole podcast was, uh, was your idea, right? That, that was a great example of taking risks with your time, with your energy. So... Uh, how do you get yourself to, you know, somehow, uh, you know, leave the comfort zone and start taking, you know, risks? Well, well, um, I, I, I try to, I think, well, like specifically with the risks such as this, I try to leave an, uh, basically off ramp on the, on the, on the highway that I'm taking basically. So if there's a, if it is actually not worthy after get, getting into it, I have a chance to get out basically. So it gives me comfort to take the risk because I'm like, Oh, you know, worst case, a couple Couple of years of podcasting, nothing comes of it. We'll just say goodbye. That's 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 fine. And uh, at the same time, like I'm I'm a very curious person, and I recognized in my life that if you want to you know, learn something, if you want to uh, get something, you you really have to take risks. So uh, sometimes I have to have the inner dialogue of, dude, you know it. You just got to do it. Sometimes you just got to do it, and and sometimes you're gonna fail, and that's okay. So um, having that inner monologue and um, basically. Uh, ex, uh, so I think accepting the 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 failure of risk, potential failure of risks, um, uh, helps a lot to actually taking the risk because you're like, okay, what's the worst thing that can happen? Am I going to live with that? Wow. Is that going to be? I mean, it's not it's not like uh, desired perhaps, but is it going to kill me? Well, whatever, right? I think that's the that problem. That's exactly what, you know, everybody should think about because, you know, what you're saying simply is you have your plan B's and that's really what, because a lot of the time we're so afraid, like, oh, what will happen, man? And once we think yeah. like, well, maybe nothing that serious will happen. I mean, how, what could go wrong by, I don't know, trying, let's say you, you start, start a business, right? And you, let's say, uh, even if you fail completely after a year, right? And you say like, oh my gosh, I, I lost all my money. I made not a single dollar, man. I lost everything. Not even like, uh, you know, we didn't like even out the business. But the point is, once you think about it and you also have an exit strategy, because that's very, very important. As you pointed out yourself, and I'm just like that as well, I would like to have an exit strategy in everything I do, a plan B. And I have this, you know, uh, you know, motto, make the plan B before you make plan A. And that is the reason why it's much easier for me to take sometimes very crazy risks that a lot of people don't because I got my exit strategy and I have my plan B, right? So because of this, ultimately, you can figure it out that, yes, if I want to somehow, uh, you know, get that thing, I have to go through this amount of risk. Now, what is the worst possible thing that can happen? Because in a lot of the cases, we are just, you know, once we get clear on it, we realize there's, there's not going to be a lot of problems, man. Especially like if you write this stuff down, because in your thoughts, I mean, it's not very clear, but once you actually put it down on paper, like, all right, what are, for example, the consequences of starting my business? You say, I could lose some money. Okay, how much money will I lose? Then you start calculating, like, well, putting this money out, a total, let's say $10,000. All right, uh, how much time will I lose? 
like a year, exactly one full year or like the time you put in the business? Like, well, let's say I put, for example, I don't know, 10 hours per week in the business. So 10 hours per week is 40 hours per month. 40 hours per month is about 400 basically in 80 uh, hours per year. Okay, so that's not, okay, that's not that much time. So once you get clear on it, then you realize that, yes, I'm going to lose this and this and this. And then yes, so what's my extra strategy here? Like, what will I do once I know it didn't work out? So here's extra strategy. For example, uh, I will, uh, let's say, for example, uh, quit this one and I go back to get, getting a job. Now, this is one of the ways that it can actually make it a lot easier to take risks. The second one is what I call uh, putting risk and uh, somehow trying to mitigate it. So how do you do this? For example, let's say that you're currently working your job and you really don't like your job. You're disengaged and you don't want to do this. Now, some people would say, all right, so tomorrow, Daniel gave me the motivation. Tomorrow, I'm going to go to my boss and say, hey, boss, by the way, I don't like you. By the way, I never like you. Oh, and by the way, I quit. So, well, they do that. It's pretty cool. Like, and then like, oh, I'm so free right now. Now, let's focus on the business. Well, dude, you got to pay the bills now, right? Now, you're going to put yourself under a lot of pressure. So, uh, by trying to mitigate the risk is you simply, in such a case, you say, all right, I'm going to keep my shitty job for a while, while in my free time, instead of playing Call of Duty, I'm going to work on running this business. So that is going to then allow you to then create uh, or mitigate the risk by doing something while still actively pursuing something else. So you, you, for example, uh, once you do this, once you, in, in all pursuits, basically, whether it's financial, like in, in real estate, whether it is, I don't know, in your personal life, once you try to reduce that risk, then it becomes a lot easier to actually take those risks because now you have options, man. So even if this option fails, you still got a ton of options to go through, right? So uh, by using this approach, by trying to actually mitigate risk and trying to do things simultaneously and having multiple options at the same time, it becomes a lot easier to take risks, no matter what caliber you are and what you're trying to achieve. Because now it's just, it makes logical sense. Because you say, all right, he's going to, what I'm going to lose. That's, that's the worst possible scenario. And more importantly, here are the other options and the alternatives. So, so once you have all of them, it becomes a lot easier to actually take the risks. And, uh, that, you know, that, that's what they said. Like uh, I was reading, you know, Forbes magazine and said that people think that entrepreneurs are just crazy risk takers, but successful entrepreneurs are the ones who take the risk out of risk taking. Now, what does that mean? That that's the exact same concept here. You know, I told you about you know me taking risk in business, but I didn't tell you. Of course, you know, but most of our listeners don't know that I have right now. I'm currently running more than twelve businesses simultaneously. Some of my businesses are generating so little profit that it's a joke. People are like, "Dude, it's not even worth your time. Why are you doing that?" And the answer is very simple: options. For me, a stream of you know income worth I don't know. Uh, above $500,000, for example, uh, per uh, quarter is as important as generating $50 per day on a consistent basis. Why? Because these are options. So when I'm going, let's say, with a $500,000 deal, in this case, 100,000 euro deal, I have to have that level of courage saying like, dude, what if I lose all that 500,000 euros? Then I re remember, oh, actually, I have another stream of income for about $100 per day. And that's going to allow me to eat if I lost, let's say, all this money. Oh, and by the way, I've got this passive income here. I've got this one right here as well. This is the business, real estate, all those things. And now you don't even feel like, who cares, man? Let's go, let's go all in. So the other uh, key element for taking risk in life is having basically uh, options. When it comes to business, for example, I've always told people to create multiple streams of income because that will then allow you to take massive risks. Why is that so important? 
because the problem with a lot of, especially entrepreneurs and business people, is that they just have one or two major businesses that are really big, but they're also very risky. And they have no, uh, for example, riskless, if you will, or safe stream of income. But the problem is this, because they are addicted to that you know, high uh, re return investment, right? So if you're always doing $100,000 businesses, then having, I don't know, a very small $10,000, $20,000, for example, uh, per year uh, income stream is just so like so little, tiny. Why, why do we need that? But the key is the mental state it puts you in, which is why if I look at right now my business and, and source of income, some of them I have basically some business where they yield me perhaps once every year or every two years, uh, let's say some big investments. On the other hand, I have some very safe businesses that have very little basically income. But the point is, once you have this spectrum of jobs and incomes, then it becomes a lot easier to take massive risks because what I'm doing that, you know, let's say a real estate deal, I'm not worried. So if I lose this, then I will, where do I uh, live? How do I pay my rent? How about food? How about, you know, rent? How about shelter? Because I know that I have so many other jobs, of course, much lower income that will definitely be there if I were to lose half a million dollars right in this deal. And because of that, that gives me courage, which is what I recommend most entrepreneurs to do. Because unfortunately, a lot of entrepreneurs, they have only one or two sources of income. And that's not enough for taking risks. Because if they were to somehow be sabotaged for any reason, for taxation, for economy, for the, for the industry, for whatever economic cycles, then at that point, they have almost, uh, they lose everything. And that fear, like, dude, if I lose this 500,000 euros, I will have no money for rent, no money for food. I will go broke. I, I will be dependent on charity, which is why I believe you should create what I call a portfolio of jobs. Now, what is this portfolio made of? Basically, every career path is a, uh, you know, you can divide it into two, uh, basically, major, uh, uh, basically, aspects, risk and reward. Certain careers, let's say investing in Bitcoin or stock market. Has, it could have very, very high return, but at the same time, the risk is very, very high. So in a you know, entrepreneurial portfolio, you want to have, for example, this as one of your options, and you put a certain amount of your money in high-risk, high-reward ventures. That's one extreme. On the other uh, extreme, for example, let's, let's think of you know, a, a job that anyone can do without any education at any point and generating minimum, uh, basically, wage. I don't know whether it's to be an Uber driver, for example, right? Or do, for example, some services for other people. So now this uh, basically career, being an Uber driver or, I don't know, uh, uh, being, I don't know, uh, for example, Uber Eats, for example, delivery guy or whatever it is, right? This job is always available 100% at any second you want. You can just go and rent a car and then become a driver, literally. You can generate uh, very little income every day without, without having a single dollar in your pocket. You can just literally go rent a car and then work the whole day as a driver. Now, this is not a prestigious job, of course. This is not gonna make you a millionaire, but this job is a backup option in case you lost all the others. So this is an example of a job with no risk, but of course, very, very little reward. And many other jobs fall in the middle in terms of risk and reward. So a good entrepreneur portfolio, from my perspective, is having, based on my experience, four to seven different jobs at different degrees of risk and reward. So most of the service uh, jobs, for example, freelancing, I don't know, uh, copywriting, these type of jobs, they are very, very low risk. But at the same time, they're also very, very, very low reward. So you don't have, you're not gonna make a lot of money. Get lucky, you're gonna make $100, $200 a day, that's it. Uh, on the other hand, we have, let's say, investment uh, jobs where you could lose, I don't know, half a million dollars overnight, but at the same time, you could double your money also in the same amount of time. So 
a good approach here is to create about four to seven different uh, careers and jobs. Uh, I myself right now have about 12 by different types of jobs and careers. And I have, I have, you know, I have some very, very safe jobs that have very low income and I have very risky jobs as well, right? So you create about four to seven different sources of income from very high reward, that is the income is very high, but the risk is also very high, to very low income, but also very safe. And this portfolio then gives you complete autonomy to take all sorts of risks with your money, with your career. You can move around, you can take risks because now you got, dude, you're invincible. Nobody can stop you now because whatever happens, you will continue your current lifestyle because you have so many different you know, types of jobs and some different industries, uh, most of which are actually quite safe, that you don't mind risking 500,000 euros because that, in that case, now you can actually go for it, right? Now, this is, of course, an approach for business and entrepreneurship. The same thing, of course, can be done with, I don't know, other areas of life. Let's say dating, for example. I've always mentioned people that you should never, ever date only one person. You need to simultaneously date multiple, basically, uh, as a gentleman uh, or as a lady, multiple people to find out which one is, uh, you know, really your thing, which one is really the man or the woman you want to be with. And once you do that, because if you, for example, are dating, for example, you're a lady and you're dating only one guy. And you're so afraid that he calls you or, he, or he's, uh, he's with you right now, right? You're so afraid. In that case, are you going to be your best self? Are you going to analyze this person? In that case, if, for example, this guy were to smoke, would you be somehow generalized like, hey, dude, I'm a lady. You should not smoke in front of me. No, because you're, he's your only option, right? So in such a case, if you were to somehow date multiple, for example, men at the same time, then you would have the option of just going to the other guy. Like, um, sorry, sorry, Jack, but you're a smoker. Not going to happen, right? So the same thing applies to business in all social affairs. Once you have option, you have the freedom. And that freedom allows you to take more risks. It allows you to raise your standards. It allows you to be more demanding and to question things. And more importantly, it allows you to achieve much more than if you were to be limited to only one stream of income, to one option, or to one basically case. And ultimately, that gives you a lot of motivation and takes away all the fear. We love options. Now, I always joke about this. I have, I say, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I say I have contingency for my contingency's contingency. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, man. Love it. Love it. No, that's that's true. That's very comfort. So, if you want to take risks, you want to be comforted, and uh, those those options give you that comfort. That that makes a lot of sense, actually. Now, we're coming to the end of the episode, so um, I want to see if we have missed something that you want to talk about. Basically, give you the chance to do so. Uh, well, so it was actually a very great topic. Thank you, Pujas, for choosing this topic and uh, for asking such great questions, really. Uh, ultimately, you've asked almost everything about this issue, and there is nothing left. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, just to summarize the point, is that ultimately, if you want to achieve greatness in life, you need to take risks. That's just the only way to achieve greatness in life. You have no other choice. We also talked about the fact that uh, a lot of us, unfortunately, we are not taking enough risks. So we talked about the signs and the symptoms that, that somehow let us know that we are not taking enough risks. We mentioned that if you're perpetually bored, disengaged, or even you're beginning to become a hater, these are the signs that you are not taking enough risks. Your life is stagnating and you are looking at others so you can, you know, a winner yourself. They say uh, uh, the winners think about winning while the losers think about the winners, right? So once you realize that instead of thinking about the winning, you're thinking about other winners, that's the time to change gears and focus on achievements. We'll talk about, you know, the, the reasons why a lot of us, we don't take risks as we get older. 
even though as uh, you know, teenagers, we can take a lot of risks. And we mentioned that the reason is when we are younger, we feel we have nothing to lose and everything to gain. So we are willing to take risks. And if we want to uh, you know, do the same thing as adults, we have to maintain the same mindset. And the best way to do so is to compare ourselves with those far above us that make us feel like we have nothing to lose. And at that time, we're now willing to take action. We talked about the importance of diversification and having portfolios to mitigate risk. So if you, for example, uh, hate your job, don't just quit your job right away. Uh, instead, work on your side hustle uh, while it actually uh, comes to fruition. And only once it's profitable, then you can actually leave the job that you hate. And we talked about the importance of having options in all uh, facets of life. Uh, the more options you have, the better it is. So uh, as a career advice, uh, basically we mentioned that it's best to have between four to seven different jobs. Some jobs uh, basically are very high risk, uh, but at the same time, very high reward. These are mainly investment jobs. And the other extreme, we have jobs that are pure service, pure labor. We mentioned things like being an Uber driver, being a freelancer, doing services for other people. This, these type of jobs, they have almost no risk, but at the same time, the profit is very little. But no matter how high your income is, you need to have these options because these options allow you not to worry about your survival. Because thinking about survival, food, shelter, rent, I don't know, transportation, if you somehow worry about these things and you will not be willing to take the kind of risk you should take to take your, to 10x your income and to 10x your investments. So we mentioned that the best way to have different multiple sources of income from very low, basically risk, but low income type of career that are stable on the side as a part-time job while having other jobs that are relatively higher risk and higher reward. And this will then allow you to take a lot more risks over time and, of course, to achieve a greatness because now you're not worried constantly about money and for you know, your basic needs. And we mentioned the same thing, of course, applies in all areas of life, whether it's in dating, whether it's in, for example, uh, building political alliances, whether it's in negotiations. So option equals freedom. And if you truly deserve, you know, we really want to uh, desire freedom, then you definitely need to start building options because you're only as free as your options. That was a great episode. I loved it. I hope you all loved it as well. Now, Dan, thank you again for doing this. It's my pleasure, buddy. As always, I'm so happy to be here discussing things with you, man. Thank you. And thank you all for tuning in, as always. And uh, if you have thoughts, comments, uh, topic suggestions whatsoever, please do leave us comments. I don't know how you can find me or Dan online. You can leave comments on the Podbean or podcast, iTunes or wherever the heck you love to listen to your podcasts. We are looking at it. So uh, please do. Please do reach us. And uh, until a later episode, take care. Take care.